Were you, were you doing the Elaine and twisted your ankle? She does. Yeah, it's kind of like Elaine. Who? John and I have a mutual friend, Elaine. Elaine Bennis. Well then, <laughs> in good company. <laughs> Kramer, mm-hmm. Kramer's friends with her too. Oh, oh, it must be from Seinfeld. <laughs> it is. Right? Okay. Yep. Which I have seen, but I haven't watched yes, every know. detail about. Yeah. Or seen I love this episodes. new thing. I haven't watched every detail to remember like the main thing about something. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm giving Kat no more grief because right after we gave you grief last week yeah. about the Princess Bride, on my show, yeah. we were talking about the Evil Dead Part 2 or Uh-oh. something that I maybe <laughs> or haven't or haven't had seen. Yeah. Oh, no. And they're like, well, at least in this new one, nobody gets raped by a tree. And I'm uh-huh. like, what? What? Like, you know, from the second movie. I'm like, maybe I haven't seen it then. Yeah, you'd remember that part. Um, could, could I have forgotten that part? They're like, no, if you remember one thing from that movie, it's that. I'm like, okay, yeah. then I must not have seen it. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to tease John anymore ever again about not watching Goonies. <laughs> oh, there you go. See? Ever. ever. So really, Cat had it coming, John. <laughs> Was it karma? <laughs> I never have it coming. Because I'm always fair and kind. Mm-hmm. Should be more like mm-hmm. me, John. Kind, fair, no gatekeeping. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, as if you weren't like, you can't remember that part. I don't, rem- I don't remember every detail oh, oh. of this show, Cat. <laughs> Of the podcast, right? <laughs> there, there certainly are no recordings of that taking place. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now Oddities, a weekly examination of unusual biological phenomenon on humans. Remember what you were saying, John, about the first time someone listens? <laughs> They're like, take two. <laughs> They'll be so disappointed they thought this was a if cryptozoology is, show. Yeah. Absolutely. I would be in. Okay. I'd listen to that this show. Is what- all right. This, this is, hey, hey, don't go anywhere yet. If this is the first time you're listening, stay. Here's the real introduction. <laughs> you're, you're listening to another episode of 1980s Now. It's actually a weekly examination of the importance importance of 1980s pop culture. And I remember John used to make fun of me of that too. Importance. <laughs> importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name is Will and joining me as always are my friends and my co-hosts, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be talking about proms in the 1980s and ah. 1980s proms. Right on. Because they're still happening. Oh, oh, 1980. I get it. 1980s proms. Yeah. Not to be confused with mm-hmm. proms in the 1980s. Yeah. As an adjective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. He's got it. But before that, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media, including a new action thriller set in the 1980s. Duran Duran may release a holiday album. Not the holiday you might think. Brad Pitt just sold Elvira's haunted house. And an 80s prom is the centerpiece of a new Disney Plus movie. Oh, Time codes are in the show notes if you'd like to skip around. Hey, a quick, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first, we're recording a new episode live this week, Wednesday, May 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern on f- simul- it's simulcast, it's, uh, simulcast simultaneously. It's simulcast mm-hmm. at the same oh. time mm-hmm. on Facebook and YouTube, meaning you could join us on either of those platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Miss So, we're going to be on YouTube. Okay, so you can be there. We'll be there. That's a special <laughs> message just for you. Uh, please join us because uh, I don't know what the topic is going to be yet, but whatever it is, we're going to look to you for your input, your feedback, your comments, and we're going to share them live, respond to them live on the show. That'll then air a few days after that. 
Mm -hmm. Hey, the other announcement is keep your ears open for our conversation with Larry the Duck Dunn. Yeah, that Larry the Duck. You may recall Larry the Duck was, uh, he was, for the better part of the 1980s, the music director at the legendary radio station WLIR out of Long Island in New York. Mm. And is currently uh, one of the DJs on First Wave, a Channel 33 on Sirius XM, uh, mm. DJing every uh, Monday through Friday morning, and, and I think often on the on Saturdays too, where he plays uh, new, what we would think of, I guess, as new wave music. And LIR Whoa. in the 1980s, certainly in the New York area, and they had uh, ROQ in LA, did something similar. I don't know if the Midwest had it or the South had it, but mm. this station was responsible for breaking a lot of the... I want to say new wave, but new music bands uh, mm-hmm. before any of the top four ra- ra- radio stations picked them up. So, mm-hmm. so which, lesser uh, known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lesser known at the time, but you'll, you'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about U2. They broke U2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. say lesser known, but was like, was U2 ever lesser known? Yes. In the United States. <laughs> That's something. LIR yeah. had them. <laughs> but the list uh, of the bands that they, you know, first introduced because they decided to be a, a, a radio station that provided this alternative music is enormous, uh, but includes wow. many of the acts that we love, you know, Depeche Mode, Duran Duran, mm-hmm. uh, Howard Jones. Mm-hmm. These folks are credited LIR with helping them get uh, airplay in the U.S. Do you listen to uh, Larry the Duck in the morning? Do I listen to him on, on, on uh, Sirius XM? On Sirius? Mm-hmm. Every morning, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. I get up and do that. <laughs> You know, I'm an early bird. An early duck, if you will. He's an early yes, duck. Yes, the early duck gets the- Cracker. It's the cracker or the quacker? Quack. Those are Both. parrots. Yeah, the quacker. That's a parrot. Mm. Cracker. All right. Hey, enough of that. Let's get caught up on 1980s news. I mean, you see, you see the thing about it, John, is mm. some folks might not like the theme, but the, the music, the, the you know, the- what do you call it? Would you say like, a, you know, when a network has a, what, like four or five notes, is that called the theme? What is that called? It's called like their, uh, it's called, there's something for it. A motif? Yeah, there is. It's like, a, it's like a, uh, it's like a sonic brand kind of thing, right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So ours, ours musically is 1980s now. Mm-hmm. Right? So you just say that musically represented, it's that, which also works for 1980s news. Yes. You know, it's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make a video just for Marcus and explain. You don't have to convince me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm talking to you as a proxy for Marcus. Okay. Uh, Because, but for you, we we wouldn't have to deal with him. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just so, so accurate. (laughs) Hey, uh, this week in 1980s news, per deadline, Paramount sets 1980s action thriller, thriller, Bella. With Samara Weaving. So Paramount Pictures is developing this new film with the Scream 6 actress set to star and Larissa Kondracki, let's say, directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and among the many producers helping bring this film to screen includes the stuntman turned director Chad Stileski. I'm also hope I'm not butchering his name because I'm a big fan of his. He's the guy who was the stuntman for, for Brandon Lee in The Crow. Unfortunately okay. for him, because he was there during that mm-hmm. terrible moment, and then was his body double throughout the rest of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. But he also was a Keanu Reeves uh, body, a stunt double rather, in the Matrix films, and okay. then wow. became the director of Keanu Reeves in all of the John Wick movies. Oh wow! Um, huh. But the the movie itself is based on a based on Jason Marcaro. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Marcarian's 
2020 <laughs> blacklist script huh. with Jesse Wigitow handling revisions. Yeah, I saw that. And the yeah. first thing I thought was, is a blacklist script like a script mm-hmm. that was going to be for that series and they decided not to use it for the series called Blacklist? Or is it, is it oh, a script that, that they, I didn't like, even think is that. Is it like blackballed? Like they decided it weren't going to have it made? Or what's a blacklist script? Yeah. Right. The, the no no go list, no fly. Yeah, I was thinking mm-hmm. of the uh, McCarthy era, you know, list that they had of, you know, if you're a communist, they, they the Red Scare. And, yeah, yeah. And writers went on this list and they were, you know, blackballed right. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. No, the, the blacklist, mm-hmm. I had to look it up. I didn't know. But it turns out ever since 2005, this gentleman named Franklin Leonard, who was a development executive who uh, worked at Universal Pictures, at Will Smith's Overbrook Entertainment, a number of different production companies. Ever since the 2005, he's put together a list of screenplays not yes, yet produced, but are that the most liked among those hmm. in Hollywood that have actually read them. So hmm. they, somehow he's able to survey, you know, the various uh, film houses, producers, all that, that get these scripts submitted by hmm. writers and get their feedback. What do you like? And then hmm. he puts this list together. It ought to be called like a, like a green list. Like it's the yeah. step before yeah. being green lit almost a, a blacklist make it sound like black balls. Like you're oh, never going to have this movie, you know? It's so right. Yeah. Maybe it should be turquoise list. Ooh. Cause like it's something close, close to, to green. Green. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. but a shade, a clearly a shade different. Cause otherwise mm-hmm. you'd be looking mm-hmm. at the one list and the other list. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Which one is mm-hmm. the, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of the more than 1000 screenplays, the blacklist has included since 2005, 440 have been produced, uh, including Argo, American Hustle, Juno, The King's Speech, Slumdog Millionaire, Spotlight, The Revenant, The Descendants, and Hell or High Water. So a number of, you know, what now you think like, how did that ever make it on this list of films mm-hmm. that no one wanted to do to make? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm impressed by that number without knowing okay. the volume of the list itself. You're like, oh, 440 mm-hmm. got produced. I'm like, out oh, of- Oh, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. I said, oh, of, of the more than 1,000 screenplays- Okay. okay, how much more than so, one? So somewhere north of a thousand. Okay, not all right, so half. not quite two. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Together, the films have grossed over $30 billion. Jeez. Been nominated for 241 Academy Awards, 205 Golden Globe Awards, and have won 50 and 40 of those respectively. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So yeah. My, my understanding is like, so folks get this, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. I love this movie. It's not for us. And then this <laughs> happens a number of times yeah. Yeah. with the same script gets right. on the list. But somebody picks it up. And these seem to be, I don't know if all of these offhand, they seem to be what, smaller, sort of more indie type films, which art house type films. Mm-hmm. So probably I would imagine that's why studios pass on it. Because it seems like everybody's looking for a tent pole these days. Yeah. Where's yeah. where's the blockbuster? Where's the spectacle? Yeah. Well, no, it's a character piece. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this slumdog millionaire sounds great. Uh, what does this guy spend his money on? Oh, he's not actually a millionaire. In fact, he actually <laughs> lives in the slums. <laughs> oh, is he part dog at least? Huh. No. Does he wear a cape? No. <laughs> so uh, with regard to this uh, film set in the 80s, however, that's uh, set to come out, it's uh, it's described, uh, according to this uh, deadline piece, uh, as being set against the backdrop of a crime wave that gripped New York City in the 1980s. Bella is a hyper-stylized action thriller about a cop's daughter who, as her father clings to life following an assassination attempt, goes on a rampage to unearth her father's attacker, and weed out deep-rooted corruption in the New York City Police Department. That sounds like an 80s movie. It does. Not only yep. is it set in the 80s, that sounds like an 80s movie. It sure does. Now, all in fact, as I think about this, if you gender-swapped this, I think it's uh-huh. a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this above the law? Uh, 
Yeah, I was going to say the only thing maybe not mm. so 80s is that it's a, a woman. I think right. in the 80s, this would more typically have been a male in that yeah. role. When I looked at this news article, the, let's see, is there a way to say this without seeming, I'm not sure, I'll just say it. When I looked at this news article, <laughs> yeah, the first thing that struck me was Samara Weaving is far too distractingly beautiful to helm any <laughs> 80s movie unless it's a weird science remake. Oh. Uh, and like, oh. I, I don't know, are you allowed to huh. say that someone's attractive? I don't know if that's allowed anymore. Yeah, think, but this actress, she's strikingly yeah. beautiful, right? She has those oh. high cheekbones. Mm -hmm. she, she's model, attractive. Yeah. And mm -hmm. often when I see people that are that attractive in films with supposed to be regular people, it's distracting to me. Because we're like, oh. come on, you're too pretty. You wouldn't have had to go to police academy. You would have had other benefits. And you, hmm. you know, I... I don't know what it is, huh. but when I saw it, I'm like, wow. You would have had an OnlyFans account if that existed then. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was, but it, uh, she's a fine actress. I saw Scream 6. She was fine in that. All but Especially just the publicity photo they used. I'm like, wow. Just yeah. what, a, what a great looking young woman. And am I going to be able to watch the movie for what she's doing versus just going, hmm. how did she end up in this position? Like, is it, you look, you think of someone in an 80s kind of story like right. that, being a little more grizzled right. or a little more something. I don't know. She's too polished. Well, she might be. We don't Maybe know what so. she's going to look like in Maybe the movie. Maybe, okay. Mm. Yeah. So John was just being, let me get cut of it. John was being sexist about a woman can't be beautiful. <laughs> I wasn't being <laughs> sexist. I was being slightly misogynistic. Uh, what? Let's get it straight. Slightly misogynistic. I, I, I agree with you that, that, again, I think that is sexist, but I also, mm -hmm. I can't, right. I, yes. I can't help but, uh, yeah. look, those stereotypes, those stereotypes look, exist, exist for a reason. For a reason. And yes. the reason is that typically people who are that attractive don't have those roles in life. They have some other role in life. And so when you see an incredibly attractive actor or actress portraying a role yes. that historically would not be someone that's that attractive, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Perfectly capable, yeah. I'm sure. It's just, it's distracting. So that's why I said she seems distractingly yes. attractive. I have a question. Yes. So this incredibly attractive actor that I haven't looked up or well, seen visually. Well, take a look. She is I it. will. Don't not, don't do it now. You'll be too distracted. Right that's right. You'll be <laughs> you able to finish, finish the, the show. show. I'll get all flash distracted. Her on the is it a facial thing? Is it a body no, it's, thing? No, John's an ass man. He was just looking at her butt. <laughs> have have you not seen my license about. plate? Yeah. It says something about the... Uh, oh, ass man. <laughs> You're, it says that? <laughs> yeah, our what? friend Elaine has a friend. <laughs> oh my God. We're, we're back to Seinfeld cat. Sorry, we're back. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so I wonder okay. yes. if everything you've ever seen her in, she's doing, wearing, gotcha. you know, something to be particularly attractive, but you've never seen her. I don't when know. She well, in this picture, in morning, she's just, right? well, she's just wearing a jacket is all. I'm going to tell you, she's actually also oh. plays Thea Preston, Bill Preston's mm -hmm. daughter in the Bill and Ted, uh, final Bill and Ted oh. film, Face the Music. So she sure. plays, yep. she plays, you know, little Ted. Mm. Uh, and so she's not as made up, you know, intended okay. to certainly uh, distract us in that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she's one of those people that says, uh, people say, you know, are Marco, Robbie, and her the same person? Yeah, I see that. There's like that. two or three okay. actresses who look kind of similar like that. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like she's very particularly made up, which is totally fine. Mm. But I'm just wondering, like, you know, if she were in the grocery store or something, if, uh, if you might feel the same way. I don't know. I will still see an 80s movie. Don't worry. I will go well, see it anyway. Look, John, I agree with you for lots of reasons that are not 
necessarily sexist, as you're saying. And in fact, just being like, look, a lot of these things are just based on our experience in, 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 in real life. We don't run into a lot of attractive cops or vigilantes. Right. Um, but then the, fl- but the, I was going to say the flip side of it is, I guess that um, there's a few 80s films I could think of, at least one I'm thinking of, where you ha- did have an attractive female vigilante of sorts, like the Angel films. You know, they're not big blockbuster films, but, yeah, but I, I agree. I, generally, it's, you know, it's it, it, contemporary. We have a lot of examples of that, of attractive women kicking ass. Let, let me try one last run mm-hmm. at not getting canceled. So, okay. <laughs> You'll get more popular. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't handle. Okay. If you're canceled. If I, if I take an, if I take an airline flight and I see mm-hmm. an attractive airline hostess, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised because I typically see mm-hmm. attractive young ladies or yeah. attractive young men well, being yeah. airline hosts or hostess. Mm-hmm. If I call a plumber and the plumber <laughs> comes in and is very attractive, you go, whoa, but you weren't expecting yeah. that. It's distracting. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You see, you're both laughing because- if, if the plumber is really attractive, when they leave, you go, is it just me or who the plumber, right? It, yeah. it, it's a thing is what I'm saying. Yes, so, I get you. Yeah. I think funny. though, but before they leave, what you say is, I don't have a way to pay you. I'm hoping we can work something out. Oh my God. That's what I think when an attractive plumber shows up at my house. I'm here to check the pipes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And all I can think is huh. you're going, I'm hoping she has plumber butt. Like, yes. <laughs> Ass man. But her pants oh, would man. fit is the thing. Okay. That's. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's been really nice being on the show, everyone. Our, our show is going to be huge now. We're going to get a whole other audience. Uh, according to the film's oh, producer, yes. Craig Flores, uh, Bella cleverly reinvents the female led action genre, pairing a sexy and unapologetic rock and roll edge with the gritty heightened realism of the 80s New York City. I don't know that it reinvents anything. Again, I think we have contemporary examples of this. I think like Salt with, uh, was it uh, Angelina Jolie? Angelina Jolie, and, yeah. Okay. Uh, the movie yeah. with uh, Charlize Theron, which it's the, from, from mm-hmm. Chad Stileski, I think, who made the John Wick films. He made a Atomic Blonde. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, mm-hmm. that's just a contemporary thing. <laughs> the way it's described in the article, all I could think was, yeah. Sergeant Joan Jett, you know, oh, <laughs> oh the unapologetic rock, <laughs> right? Exactly. The unapologetic rocker, rock edge. you know? Yep. Uh-huh, yep. Uh-huh. And Joan Jett. So that's, All right. that's what I want to see. Hey. Sar- Sergeant hey. Joan Jett. Can we change the name? Is yeah. it too late? Is this in stone? Green? No, you're talking about Joan, not Joan Jett now though. Cause we're talking about set in the eighties. So. Yeah. Eighties Joan Jett. Of course. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She hates herself for loving me. <laughs> so do I. I hate her for that too. Do you? Everybody does. Yeah, jealous. In other 1980s news, as reported by WMMR, mm-hmm. Duran Duran's thinking about releasing a holiday album. Mm-hmm. So the band uh, may end up turning turning the whole idea of holiday album on its head, it turns out, because they're not thinking about releasing a Christmas LP, no. Instead, <laughs> uh, the band is thinking about the potential release of a Halloween album. Mm-hmm. Why is there not special music that plays when there's Duran Duran news? Oh, John. I'd like to know that as well, I love John, excuses to write music. All right. There should be time. confetti. There should be reflex. Something is going on in the background. Some kind of remix is going on. It's going to be in other 1980s news, but it'll be to the reflex thing and I'll have Simon LeBond say it instead of me. No, no, no news item, no news item. So we know about this potential Halloween release from Nick Rhodes because he touched upon this idea in a new interview with Record Collector Magazine. 
the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band performed a Halloween-themed show in Las Vegas on Halloween in 2022. Kat, did you yes. know about that? I did, because it was yeah. all over social media. Uh-huh. And most people were thrilled either at the idea, if they couldn't be there, or yeah. they were thrilled that they were there. And a couple of people, maybe one, I don't know how many, were unhappy because- <laughs> Maybe one. They, one idiot. Statistically speaking, <laughs> you think out of all Duran Duran fans, most <laughs> liked it. <laughs> But maybe, why are we even having a conversation then about because this? I thought, I thought it was funny because okay. they were going, expecting yeah. to yeah. hear all of the, the usual yeah. <laughs> usual favorites, which they did the night before in Las Vegas, oh. in which they mm. did at every other show. But for the Halloween show, they played um, like a night boat, which is... Uh, you know, like an older song of theirs that's kind of creepy. Okay. And just, just a lot of their and lesser a, known ones. Yeah. And, and a bunch boat. of covers too, according I'll to this. I'll send you a link. And some covers. And um, and this one person was very unhappy. What do you, but most people were very So what happy. are Halloween covers? Mm-hmm. Like the Monster Mash? Or <laughs> that would be, talk I, I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear a Duran Duran cover of the Monster <laughs> yeah. Mash. I can't yeah. remember the set list. I'm sure we could call it up pretty quickly. This is Halloween oh. or... Yay! Well. No, but it included uh, <laughs> covers of the Rolling Stones' "Painted Black," yes, uh-huh. Susie and the Banshees' uh-huh. "Spellbound," mm-hmm. and Rick James' "Super Freak." So the yes. songs I play at an elementary school Halloween party, <laughs> in addition to Sheb Woolley and uh, Monster Mash and all mm-hmm. that. So there's not enough Duran Duran songs that, like you're suggesting, that are Halloween adjacent right. that they could just do their own album of. I don't know, updating some of their old songs or something. I don't think so. Well, there's one song in particular that some many people were bonkers over. It's called Love Voodoo. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know that they've ever, perf- I have no idea. Maybe they've performed it at some show somewhere, but people were shocked. They were like, oh my gosh, they played Love Voodoo. <laughs> and of course, Voodoo is kind of, you know, yeah. people think of right. creepy like things. Love Potion yeah. number nine is a mm-hmm. Halloween song yeah. now. Yeah. They could just, just do a regular <laughs> Duran Duran book, but in a minor key. You're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cat, I would be with that one guy. I would be pissed. We talked about this before. When you go to see a concert, you want to hear the hits. You want to hear the hits. All right. Here's what I say to that one guy. What kind of fan mm-hmm. are you that you didn't go to the one last night and you only went to the one tonight? If you're in town, Hello? you go to every show. Oh, oh, you oh, go to oh. both. <laughs> if you only went to one, you'd have no right to complain. You're not that big a fan. Boom. Mike Trump. Well, in his defense, probably nosebleed seats cost $350 in Las Vegas. Yeah, that'd probably, probably be the reason to slow him down. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Mr. But Mike they had Bags. amazing costumes and makeup on. Is oh, that you right? You should see the pictures. Really? Oh, I did see yeah. those. Yeah. Oh, I saw yeah. that when it, when it happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they apparently they do something like that a lot of Halloweens, right? Where they dress up and stuff, I think. That I don't know. Okay. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of fun with it. Cool. Yeah. Double album with Oingo yeah. Boingo. There. I, I no. planted, planted the seed. Yeah. They <laughs> are known for doing, I mean, they already have creepy songs, but they do, right. or used yes. to do Halloween sets, uh, regular mm-hmm. Halloween, like mm-hmm. every Halloween. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds great. Yeah, I do play Dead Man's Party at the elementary school too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Those you songs are on the elementary school Halloween playlist when I DJ those. <laughs> Uh, of course, this is a potential Halloween album would follow the release of Duran Duran's 2021 album, Future Past, which was, mm-hmm. you know, 
largely celebrated on this show. Yes. Let's see. The band <laughs> performed 48 shows from August 2022 through September 2023 in support of that LP. Kat, how many did you see? So let's do some math here. Um, wait, this year? Out of 48, <laughs> how many of those shows did you see? I saw two. Two. So I can reduce yeah. that fraction. Let's see. One. Uh-huh. One twenty-fourth. <laughs> Okay. I saw 124th. 124th of all the shows. <laughs> yeah, mostly when we think of Halloween albums, mm -hmm. like you're saying, John, you think about the, a band that has songs that are sort of akin to that holiday. Mm -hmm. In the 1980s, yeah, yeah. so-called Halloween albums were mostly, you know, death metal or, you know, heavy metal yeah. albums like from King Diamond, Slayer, Misfits, because mm -hmm. they had these sort of horror, you know, themed Mm -hmm. uh, sort yeah. of, you know, concept albums. Yeah, well, they already had the skeleton what? on their shirt, so no extra costuming required. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send right. you a link to the video for Nightboat. Okay. Well, for John especially. I don't know if Will's watched it. Nightboat, is that like a sticks reference or something? Uh, No, I don't think so. No. They're waiting for the Nightboat. And in the video, there's like zombies. There's all yeah. kind of creepy you know, stuff. Like the, oh, I don't yeah. remember, was it Karen? Chiron? Mm -hmm. Who takes... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Caron, mm. who's the uh, boatman of the River Styx. Yeah. Could be a reference. Yeah. Now there's a great Alan Parsons project song about the Oh, okay. Oh. Maybe <laughs> you cover that too. You see that? <laughs> yes. Get on that song. There you go, Duran Duran. Hey, another 1980s news. And as reported by The Independent, Brad Pitt just sold his haunted mansion for $39 million. Wow. Uh, so the Oscar winner first purchased this uh, nearly two acre property, which is located in uh, Los Angeles, almost 30 years ago from the actor Cassandra Peterson, best known for uh -huh. her character Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Boom, ba, boom, ba, ba, mow, mow. Huh. <laughs> so, Elvira. you know. Elvira. Oh, oh okay. yes. Oh, you just yes. saved yourself. You know that. Because I thought what? you were doing some Foley work. I thought you were doing Foley no. work. And when <laughs> so you did supposed to be ba the boom, ba-boom, I pictured Cassandra no, Peterson was, sauntering in. What? I was doing my Oak Ridge Boys impression. Come on. How dare uh -huh. you? Now who's getting canceled? Well, I got to say, that's what I thought you were doing too, John. I just didn't know what to call it. it. No Oak Ridge Boys fans in the house? Good heavens. No, I saw them in concert. I I know I'm with she you. She just doesn't remember every moment. single detail about the I Oak Ridge Boys concert. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who are the Oak Ridge Boys again? Badum. They have a I song called like, Elvira. Badum. You're kidding me. Oh my god. He's like Badum, 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 Badum. It's on fire for Cassandra Peterson. Uh, my hot pants are on fire for Cassandra Peterson. I'm coming. In 1994, a pit bought the mansion for a reported $1.7 million. And from 1998 through 2009, and then from, from 98 through 2009, a pit purchased four properties surrounding oh. the home. Uh, today, the luxury home includes a skate park, a tennis court, a koi pond, and several pools. See, now that makes sense to me because I know Cassandra, when she bought this, because she talks about this in her book, which is a great book again, oh. by the way. And a tribal burial uh, ground also acquired. It was... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you move the headstones, but not the bodies. We use them to... They, we, need, we needed stepping stones. Come on, we laid them flat. Yes, there we go. But I remember, I think when Cassandra bought it first, you know, she had a pretty humble situation at the time. In fact, mm. I, I know there was various times in her life she was struggling to make ends meet, you know, before this character had really taken off. Mm -hmm. Look, for folks who read her book, we knew this already, but this week, uh, the famed Mistress of the Dark revealed to people that she warned Pitt uh, that the home was haunted before he purchased the property. Mm -hmm. uh, while Peterson, <laughs> we've talked about this before when they referred to in articles, they instead of saying Pitt over and over again, they now, now refer to movies and stuff he's been in, but some of them you're oh. like, go with the hits, like they said, like the frequent, it'd be like friends. the frequent friends guest star. No, no, this this isn't as bad as that. 
This says, while Peterson told the Babylon actor, I don't know what Babylon oh, yeah. is. That's that recent film that just came out that had uh, the, who's the Barbie actress that was just, uh, you, you were just talking about. Oh. Samara. Samara Weaving? Uh, well, she was, you said Samara is yeah, often yeah, confused yeah. for yeah, her. Yeah, no, I know, I'm kidding. Yeah. Margot Ro- Robbie. Oh, Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Babylon was a early Hollywood uh, oh, yeah, send yeah, up yeah. kind of film. It's all about the raucous it. days of Hollywood, move, migrating from the yes. talkies into the. Yeah. But uh, when she warned him uh, about the supposed paranormal activity, instead of being afraid, he, quote, loved it. <laughs> um, and right. in spite of her uh, warning him of the, about the number of different weird things that she saw, he was uh, eager to own a home like that. Among those things that she claimed was that. Uh, she saw specters walking around the upstairs, sitting in front of the fireplace, entering her bedroom, and even, quote, floating around at the bottom of the pool, end quote. Phil specters? That would be scary. Oh, Phil specters. Walk around with a gun? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. That's terrifying. Yeah. Run a comb through that. Oh, and put the gun down, too. The pool one. Yeah. Hello? Like, if thinking, oh, my God, there's a body at the bottom of the pool and having mm. to... Did they figure, have to jump in and figure that out every time? To was, figure out that it wasn't really a body there? It wasn't, yeah. It was really a specter? <laughs> that would be a yeah. <laughs> that, that would be yes. a yeah. No, you, you poke it with the scoop. You don't have to jump in. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's a good idea. The net, use the net. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just right. goes through. <laughs> Is that the sound of a net going through a corpse yeah. that's fake? It sounds very much um, like a light, a ghost, why, not a cor- corpse. Why does that sound like a lightsaber? Because <laughs> it's underwater. That's the sound of a lightsaber yeah, exactly. underwater. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it's passing through something spectral. Got it. Mm, mm, mm. Anything That's that glows. I, I like it. I bought it. John's got the Foley sounds he does for anatomical things, and I do sounds yes. for spectral things. I do, for I do spectral it. underwater things. Now, look, this is <laughs> the sound. It's very niche. This is, this is the sound of a pool net. Is that what you call it? Going through a ghost. With, that's well endowed. A female Ooh. ghost with large bosoms. Oh my god! All right, right. <laughs> uh, so Cassandra and her then husband uh, Mark. I Pearson, didn't say va va voom. <laughs> okay. It didn't matter though. I can't tell if I can't tell if Cat's clearing her throat or she's broken. I don't know which I thing has happened. Might be nauseous. <laughs> Oh, she's broken. broken. She's broken. I'm broken. I like hearing the distant, I'm broken. So years prior, uh, Cassandra and her then uh, husband, Mark Pearson, even had a priest come to perform an exorcism on the house. Uh, Again, that's covered in a book. Anyway, she says, quote, we were telling Brad all about that and he loved it. I mean, there are not so many buyers who would... uh, who that would be a selling point for, but he was like, oh, that's too awesome. I love he appreciated the house so much, end quote. I think it's totally a selling point. If I ever sold yeah. my house, you know, you have the, the, the sign out front and you have the, the arm yeah. on it and above it. I love, you've seen the one, it has just a little small placard under the sign that says, not haunted. Yes. <laughs> I know, you did the thing. I think that's perfect. That's thing. Just, Cause you're like, yeah. well, why are you pointing that out? No, no, it's totally not <laughs> yeah. haunted. Of course. I'm just right. so, you know, not haunted. That's great. Cause the implication is the other houses for sale in my neighborhood. They don't have that sign. They might be right. This oh, one though, oh, not haunted. Totally, yeah. totally free of Phil Spector's. 
<laughs> yeah. So you, you guys have owned homes and maybe, you know, you've owned homes before you've purchased homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know that uh, for the most part, the seller of a home has to disclose to you certain things mm-hmm. and it varies from state to state. But like, for example, if, the, if something that would, uh, you know, affect, affect the integrity of the home physically, mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. they have to reveal that. So if, if right. the foundation has a structural issue that something with the beams, there's been water no, damage, a lot of these things. Anything, sure. Right, right. That's sort of black mold. Some states require you to tell you if there's black mold in the property at some point. Mm-hmm. Asbestos. Do you think you're required to tell a potential <laughs> buyer that you think your house is haunted? Required? Yeah. Like I, I said, the examples we gave in most states you're required or many states you're required to tell certain things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Do we think that haunted is one of them? Yeah. I don't think so. It's always been like this common knowledge, but not backed up with any statute that you must disclose if, um, if someone died there in some mm. form or fashion. Oh, now, I don't know if that's true or not, but right. like every movie is like, you've mm-hmm. got to tell us, right? It's like, you got to say if you're a right. cop, right? No, you don't. But the people say that in movies, <laughs> yes. right? You've got to tell me, dude. I can't imagine. No. Well, first of all, yeah. for, for any legal entity to stipulate yeah. that you must disclose if a place is haunted, they must first admit that there's the Santa Claus, right? They have to then acknowledge that ghosts exist, mm-hmm. which oh, you then must disclose. Like so yeah. yep. it first, yeah. why would you not disclose that it's haunted? Because I think that's a selling point because <laughs> mm-hmm. like, anyway, but I can't imagine there's a mm-hmm. law on the books. I can't, you know, I'm sure we'll be proving you wrong momentarily, but I can't imagine there's a law. Well, look, like most laws, it varies from state mm-hmm. to state what you're required to disclose or not. Okay. Right. But, uh-huh. yeah, and, yeah. and John's right, in some states you're required to tell if a murder or a death or a suicide Ooh, occurred in a yeah. home. And, oh, if it's a meth house, if it was a meth house, that's another thing. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. that you might interesting, not be able to okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. there's four states that specifically mention paranormal activity in oh, their wow. real estate disclosure laws. Oh my gosh. Wait, please tell me Florida's one of them. I'll be so disappointed if Florida's not one of them. Oh, 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 oh. I'm voting with you, John. Okay. In Minnesota and Massachusetts, it's unnecessary to disclose if the house is haunted. Okay. In New Jersey, a seller must truthfully tell a buyer if their property comes with ghosts, but only if asked. In New Jersey? Yeah. But uh, as for the fourth state, okay. which is not Florida, New York... Real estate agents must be mindful of a court decision often referred to as the Ghostbusters ruling. Oh, oh my gosh. I was, I had Ghostbusters in my head while nope. you were talking because New York. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, the, the name is not necessarily, is not because of the location of this ruling, but more because of oh. when the ruling occurred because it was in that. Okay. So throughout the, mm-hmm. uh, her ownership uh, uh, of her property there in Nyack, New York, Helen Aki mm-hmm. and her family reported seeing a number of poltergeists. Mm-hmm. On three occasions between 1977 and 1989, she told these disconcerting tales to Reader's Digest in a local mm-hmm. newspaper. She recounted mm-hmm. several instances in which the poltergeist interacted directly with family members, including mm. her, that her grandchildren would receive gifts of what she called baby rings that would then suddenly disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also claimed okay. that a ghost would wake her daughter <laughs> in time for school. Wait, wait, wait. I got to talk about baby rings. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, is is it a ring the size suitable for a baby yeah. or is it a ring made, made out of babies? <laughs> a baby ring? <laughs> or both. I've made you a ring. <laughs> Why is it crying? Why is the ring crying? You, when you put it on, you can hear a faint cry. Yeah. <laughs> Feed it. Feed it your finger. 
Uh, it may be both, John. I don't know. They don't speculate, but maybe because it's grandchildren. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's that size and also manufactured from those raw materials. Yeah, or maybe it was also manufactured <laughs> okay. by babies. Okay, yeah. That's a third possibility. Oh, Any of those child labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she also said her daughter was uh, was uh, woke up, was woken, was awoken, was awoken. Uh-huh. The ghost awoken? was waking her was... daughter up for school every morning by shaking her bed. <laughs> what? Really? But mm. that when her daughter okay. pointed out loudly, hey, I'm on spring break this week, the ghost stopped shaking the bed early. <laughs> For that week. <laughs> Again, selling point. If you have a free automatic oh. alarm clock that you could put on snooze during you speed break. And you don't even have to set it. It just knows. That's right. It's always listening. Well, put on your baby ring. It's time to go to school. <laughs> it's spring break, dude. Seriously. Come on, Phil. <laughs> it's like spectrum. a physical manifestation of yep. like Alexa or you know mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, always Bizarre, listening, yeah. ready to do whatever, <laughs> ready yes. to do your bidding. Yes. Uh, so when Jeff Jeffrey Stambovsky agreed to purchase the house in 1989, the broker told him of the haunting. At the time, Stambovsky laughed it off, saying, "Quote: We'll have to call the Ghostbusters." Which, again, at the time, the second Ghostbusters would have just come out okay. around that time, 1989. Would have just come that's out. a big twinkie. Uh, not being from Nyack. He wasn't familiar with the home's notorious reputation because, again, it was oh. in Reader's Digest. It was in local newspapers. Uh, at some point, her house was on some five-house tour. Um, oh, okay. But when he met with uh, Ackley two weeks before closing, she passionately told him of the unwelcome house guests. So the way I understand it, and later in the, <laughs> later on, he'll say he was never told about the ghosts until mm-hmm. uh, till after he signed a contract. But it seems to me he maybe he was told before he signed, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. funny. Then he met her and she's like, no, there's, there's fucking ghosts in here, man. This is, this shit is going down. And he was like, oh. So after learning that, okay. he didn't show up to closing. So the lawsuits are filed by both parties for breach of contract. Oh. Ultimately, to make a long story short, the, the case went through the different courts and finally heard on appeal in 1991 by the New York Supreme Court's appellate division. And they held that a house is very specific, but this is still, as far as I know, a, a rule that must be followed. Um, okay or a law that must be followed, I guess a court-created law that must be followed, that a house for which the owner had previously advertised the, to the public as haunted by ghosts, mm-hmm. which she did by talking to the press about it, mm-hmm. legally was haunted for the purpose of rescinding a contract by a subsequent purchaser. So for all legal purposes, if you say your house is haunted and you make it publicly known enough, mm-hmm. that house is considered haunted. So to John's point... We don't have to prove, or, or maybe distinguishing mm, from John's point, yeah. we don't have to prove Santa Claus mm. exists. If you go around saying Santa Claus exists for the purposes of this contract, uh-huh. Santa Claus exists. So if that's a reason to get out of the contract, you can get out of the contract. That is oh. some limp, milk toast, awful <laughs> proof of existence of ghosts, if ever. Oh! If, if you've ever said out loud to anyone there are ghosts here, you must yeah. disclose. It's it's almost denying the existence of ghosts. It's just saying, well, people will think your house is haunted that, because we advertised it in the past. That's what mm-hmm. it is. So ultimately, in this yeah. the thing with the murder, the thing with the meth houses, they all f- yeah. fall under this category of what's called like a emotional conditions or st- stigma, okay. like public st- perception, stigmatized sure. houses sure. that, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. they can be perfectly cleaned of all the meth crap. But, and the fact that someone died there doesn't usually mean anything, but yes, mm-hmm. right. Most of our culture is filled with dummies. Uh, so they would, <laughs> could affect the purchase. So yeah. 
the reality is somebody's died everywhere on a long enough timeline, but in right. a house, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's that, there's that energy that mm-hmm. look, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's real. I don't hang out with ghosts, but, but he's not afraid of no ghosts. Either. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you're going to put in law, it should be more than just have a priest come in and verify that it's haunted or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a young priest and an old priest. Both. <laughs> right. Cover it's all the bases there. By law. <laughs> hey, all right. And finally, in 1980s news, as reported in Forbes, Disney's Prom Pact, Prom Pact uses 80s nostalgia to tell a fun, quirky, universal story. So I just learned about this movie, and obviously we're talking about 80s proms t- today. Um, mm-hmm. But it came out at the end at the end of March, Um on a Disney Channel and Disney Plus, uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's all about the 1980s. Well, not exactly because it's set in contemporary times at a high school uh, in, in 2023, but it's the height of prom season, and uh, they the, the, in the school they just seem to decide they decide that it's going to be an 80s themed prom. So throughout the story, we've got a number of over the top 80s themes themed promposals, which I hadn't heard that phrase oh. before. Promposals, <laughs> okay. Promposals. And those include homages to a number of different films, including Ghostbusters, Say Anything, The Breakfast Club. I watched this little uh-huh. trailer for it that all they did was talk about how their ties to the 1980s were. And there are dozens, dozens and dozens, uh-huh. which made me interested in actually watching it. Is it just me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or aren't promposals a millennial thing? I don't remember people making a big deal out of asking someone to prom. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. There were, I don't remember flash mobs and crazy sets and dance numbers and yeah. things like that. You just used to go, you want to go to the prom? You just asked, right? Check yes or check no. You were anxious, whatever. Yeah. I I mean, the promposal thing seems like a much more modern thing. Oh, yes. Did you have that in the 80s? I don't think so. No. No. Well, we could talk about our proposals, if any, in a minute here. (laughs) Talk about our own prom memories. But Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with you, John. The movie stars Peyton Elizabeth as Man, Peyton Elizabeth Lee as Mandy with Milo Mannheim as Ben, Blake Draper, Blah, blah, blah. A bunch of people I don't know. While Julie Bowen of, uh, you know, uh, what's that uh, family show? It's uh, huh. Modern Family. The big ensemble thing. Yeah. I, knew, I knew what you were thinking of. I couldn't get there. Yeah, yeah, Julie yeah. Bowen serves <laughs> as the executive producer of, of the film, uh, along with Anya Adams, who's the director. Mm-hmm. While the promposals play a large part in the movie, they're, they're not in your face. They mostly happen in the background. Um, and as a result, Adams said that it was necessary for her and her team to work hard, hard to discreetly integrate them into the narrative. That said, you know, probably for anybody who's not so familiar with these movies as we are, they fit into the story and it's like, oh, that's quaint. For me, even just watching this behind the scenes stuff, I was like, oh my God, that's clearly, you know, say anything. <laughs> I mean, one of the proposals yeah. is a guy has, you know, uh, Lloyd Dobler's car in a parking oh lot. Gosh, He's yeah. dressed like him. Mm-hmm. He has a radio. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, that kind yeah. of proposals are in the same category with uh, gender reveal parties. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Good <laughs> yes. comparison. It's that Good same kind of like. Mm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that phenomenon? You're just making a bigger deal out of. Let's make mm-hmm. a big deal out of the mundane. Huh. Like life's not interesting <laughs> because enough. Because it's special to you at the moment. <laughs> oh, I see. It also makes a bigger deal about me. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not going to be on my mm-hmm. phone, I need to make mm-hmm. every bit of my life <laughs> so jazzed up and interesting. <laughs> Listen, mm-hmm. oh, I already tweeted today. I'm not, I can't do it today. Well, you could do it without tweeting. What, like, and you're going to tweet it and tag me? Well, how's it going to work? Exactly. How does that work? How does communication work? You could just do it without tweeting it. It is possible. Uh, uh, Julie Bowen said, however, that using 80s movies as a backdrop, uh, the team was aware that some of the storylines from those films are not quite so politically correct anymore. She said, quote, more than anything, I think when we were developing the movie, 
there were some kicking back against a lot of heteronormative stereotypes of those 80s movies that feel good Mm -hmm. to remember. And then you look back at them and go, ooh, problematic, (laughs) end quote. In fact, there's an in-depth discussion about this this in the movie itself with the Mandy and Ben characters discussing the controversial plots of many of the films from that time period. I haven't watched that scene. I want to watch the movie just to, I think, get all, to see all of this, but. uh, Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm curious. But but I think Mannheim, who's a young, young man who stars in this film, I've seen him in some of the other Disney plus shows, uh, the zombies movies, which are musicals I've watched with my daughter. Those are funny and fantastic. He's great in it too, by the way. But uh, I think he said something that's very mature. He said, quote, we can acknowledge some aspects of those 80s movies are a little outdated. However, that doesn't make Mm -hmm. them in general bad movies. And I think something that's so great about that time period is just just how, for the lack of a better word, classic it is. It's such a nostalgic period, Mm -hmm. end quote. I always try to consider intent when I look at old media Mm -hmm. that has has not aged well. Um, You know, if I look Mm -hmm. back and the intent was to be abusive or to be neglectful or to be whatever, yeah. then maybe I'm like, nah, it's garbage. But, you know, if, if the if the intent wasn't there, if, look, it, I think it's unfair to look back at a filmmaker or an actor or anyone and look mm-hmm. at something they said or did at a time when something was either accepted or not, people weren't aware of it or whatever. Right. You know, sure. we, we all live in our little time bubble. And right. at that time, that was acceptable. And now it's not. That doesn't mean you have to eschew it, pretend it never existed, because right. that's the way you don't learn from the past. And that's the way you just repeat it later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- as long as there was no harmful intent, I, I don't let those things bother me. I'm, yeah. I observe it and I look at it, but. I agree. I can recognize something as tasteless or outdated and be like, ooh, but it was okay at the time. Yeah. And we, mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah. like that's important. There's, there's some things maybe that are exceptions, <laughs> but, uh, but for the most sure. part, yeah. yeah. Co- context is everything. Yeah. And thinking about how you're saying like, that's how it was and what's the intent, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking how this is, I, I have mixed feelings about this, but I think I'm coming down on one side in particular. Mm-hmm. The director, Adam, said that uh, the movie is, quote, pushing the envelope a little bit and stepping into a new teen rom-com world that is, you know, for Disney. Um, mm-hmm. And what the, end quote. So uh, what they did was they made two versions of this to cover mm-hmm. their audience, their large mm-hmm. audience. So one version has more of the, quote, high school references, which they said are mm-hmm. the uh, more advanced making out more references of to what actually happens at teenage parties, end okay. quote. And so those things were in the Disney Plus version. But for a younger mm-hmm. crowd, they just took out all those parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still enough context. That's just sort of, you know, I guess adds more color for the older audience. Mm-hmm. And they have mm-hmm. this younger version without those on the Disney channel. Um, so you could actually want to really? seeing a different, slightly different version depending on your age group and still appreciate the story. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. At first I was like, in the eighties, we didn't have that. We saw hardcore sex in a PG movie and we learned what, what is it? Badoom, badoom. Badoom, badoom, badoom. You know, what those were. Boom, bob, bo, mow, mow. Yes. Or you can get your hands on the Duran Duran long form video and there's we, badoom, badoom in there. Yes. And we learned, we learned how you can barter with a plumber if you don't have money. Time. The bill becomes due. But anyway, but now, but I think that is pretty cool because there's been times I wanted to show movies to my kids and I'm like, the, everything's great about it, but they just don't know what these certain words are or they're too young mm. to be asking about sex or know about that. And we're not mm-hmm. prudish here, you know, but if I could just have just that one minute, you know, you don't need that. For yeah, example, yeah. in Beetlejuice, yeah. for example, there's one F-bomb in it and it's not necessary for the film, but when my kids were really young, I thought they'll love this movie, but he says, say, you know, nice fucking model, you know? So if we could just, 
have mm-hmm. them see some, and not in the eighties where we'd yeah. be like, nice forking, you know, motel. <laughs> I'm tired of all these monkey flipping snakes (laughs) on this mother loving plane. All right. Hey, that was 1980s news. Do you love 80s and 90s music? You freaking should. Yeah, because if not, you have issues. But if you do, then boy, do we have the podcast for you. The mixtape. Yes, Matt. The mixtape. Where we chat about, whoa, 80s and 90s music, mostly. Yeah, we sprinkle some other stuff in there, too, though. A smattering of 70s and early 2000s. Throw in celebrity interviews, a lot of immature humor, and some actual content, and you have a hell of a good time. We do have a good time, don't we? Yes, we do. Check us out. Spotify, Pandora, Apple, iHeart, pretty much all the places you find podcasts. You can search for us. The Mixtape Podcast. That's four words find us listen subscribe share and stay Stay awesome awesome. did you say whatever no did i say whatever i I don't know that's that's your job oh that's your job (laughs) to pay attention to every little detail no it's your job to say whatever oh whatever (laughs) i want might become contagious the pattern is this the pattern is John, I have a thought about something that's slightly off topic, but it's no. reminded me. And Kat says, I agree with you. That's what I was thinking too. And Will goes, the director went on to say, <laughs> he just jumps right back in as if we had not gone on the tangent. See, that is a Will. Us, he keeps hmm. us on track. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I said to Kat when she said that to me when I saw her this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, it would be interesting to have a, well, at first I thought, well, that would you know, be great, Kat, if we didn't do that. We start off with the topic and whenever someone goes on a tangent, we just keep going to that tangent. But then it occurred to me, that's just most podcasts. It's most podcasts. It's just most shitty garbage podcasts that I hate. I'm not saying I don't like being kept on track. Yeah, no. I'm worried that you're not enjoying participating in the tomfoolery of the tangent oh, well, or yeah. in a rush to get back to the story. I don't think yes. you have to worry about that. No, John. We have a good balance. <laughs> okay. We have a good balance okay. of the Cat and we'll John be- show and 1980s now. Fair enough. We'll be- The meta show- Within the show. I'm not the one that was doing blow off boo-boo's junk. <laughs> for the record. For the if we're going on the record, I'm not the one who was doing it either. I did not do the junk on the whatever. I did bring it up though. That's true. I did You perpetuate. I did point out that he did that. That's true. Uh, I enjoy being on both podcasts for the record. Okay. I want to get on a They're happening simultaneously. Podcast. John's on three podcasts. <laughs> Uh, no, that's why this one takes so long to record. No, it's nobody actually knows two what podcasts. About. It's actually two. Yeah, nobody knows I mean, look at the about. time I'm going to break this down. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's, let's just whip through this. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about proms in the 1980s. But before that, let's talk about 80s proms. Because as I mentioned, yeah. uh, it's, it may seem somewhat anachronistic that we could have an 80s prom in 2023. But- these things are, you know, going strong in one way or another, either high schools or in fact adopting uh, 80s as a theme, much like in that Disney film we just mentioned, or mm-hmm. in this other phenomenon I only recently learned about, adults mm-hmm. are using uh, 80s proms as, you know, quote unquote proms as, you know, a fun evening out yeah. or an opportunity mm-hmm. to do a fundraiser, which is what uh, Kat and I uh, were took part in this past weekend was an 80s prom mm-hmm. for ladies only. So they called it a mom mm-hmm. prom asterisk and one guy there that was DJ <laughs> and will. And so anyway, so there's, it's still going strong and cat, we could talk about mm-hmm. our proms actually in the 1980s. It wasn't anything like the prom that I remember mm-hmm. going to, 
but I had a blast. I'm so glad to hear that because I couldn't tell if you were having a blast or not. (laughs) I knew I was. Yes. He has resting, not having a blast face. (laughs) That's true. Yes, he totally did. And I completely agree with you. It was nothing like the proms that I went to. I went to two proms uh, back in the 80s and this was very different and better. Mm. It was even better, I think. But the but my eighties proms were important for different reasons. Okay. Well, it, it, with re, with regard to our prom of this past weekend, uh, obviously we did have some things that you have to have in an eighties prom. It was decorated, you mm-hmm. know, in a, sort of a colorful eighties type way. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the music that we played was from the nineteen eighties, and folks mm-hmm. were encouraged to dress as if they were coming to a nineteen eighties prom. Yeah. But most people just dressed some way reminiscent of the 1980s, which was really oh, cool. Right. Not yes. an eighties prom particularly. Right. Yeah. That makes it sense. Was, yeah. It was more the theme going yeah. with the right. They want an eighties costume party. Is what <laughs> yes, they want. Yes. It was an eighties costume party. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were two people who were nineties. They were in grunge. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> like flannel shirts. Time travelers. Yeah. Slightly too old for the eighties. But yeah, there was a lot of folks with sweatshirts that were off the shoulder and, you know, yes. leggings and leg warmers. That was probably the largest category. of. Uh-huh. Second largest right. was the, uh, like tool skirts. Mm. Tons of neon, uh, wherever on a t-shirt or on the skirt. Did you see some scrunchies? Yeah. I hope there were some scrunchies there. Oh, oh yes. yeah. 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 Oh yeah, there were scrunchies. There were several Madonna t- stand-ins, you know. Mm. Everybody looked fantastic oh, yeah. too, by the way. It was just really It was great. great. Oh, I yep. got to, there was those women dresses that Robert Palmer's backup band. <gasps> that was uh, amazing. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Will had his picture done with them. Right, you need at least two to pull that off, yeah. don't you? And there were three. There were three. <laughs> oh, perfect. And uh, they, yeah. They must, yeah. They coordinated. They were together, yeah. They were great. And some of the dresses looked yeah. like they were straight out of the eighties. They yeah. had to have been, <laughs> they, yeah. they found them in a vintage shop or something. <laughs> went to, yeah. went to Goodwill <laughs> looking for dresses. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it was a blast. Eighties are look very much still alive. Uh, oh, absolutely. My only regret was I couldn't uh, get up and dance with you, Kat, because uh, it looked like I was, you know, I love so many of those songs you, and uh, mm-hmm. make me want to Cause dance. it was mom prom. He was, it he was, was forbidden. But also, right? yes, <laughs> no. get back on that stage. <laughs> you call yourself so a I, DJ. You have a penis? Get back up there. <laughs> I have a theory why 80s proms, not yeah. proms in the 80s, why 80s proms are a thing. Okay. Like there's not 70s proms. There's not 90s proms. There's not, right? Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I mean, if there are, you don't hear about them. Right. It's because of our, it's because of our films. It's mm. because so many uh-huh. 80s films yeah. featured People at that time of their lives, they're mm-hmm. you know late high school or going to college or whatever. It's just so many of the breakfast clubs and the 16 candles is, is and all those <laughs> are name, around that yeah. era of time. He names two movies that don't have problems in them. And so they're no, ooh, it's okay, no, 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 it's but it's those people at that time yes, of their yes, life, right? It's, yes, yes, yes. yes. John that's Hughes, right. Yep. All of those kids <laughs> went to prom. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't remember that part. No, that's okay. But the point, point I'm making is that it wasn't a focal part of like 60s and 70s movies, you know, mm-hmm. you had like American Graffiti. It wasn't talking about the prom culture. What was it like in school? They were talking about out of school. What'd you do outside of school and the hot rods and those sorts of things. And then later it was more like in the 90s, you started talking more about like drug culture and things like that and more mm-hmm. mature themes. But in the 80s, we were coming out of the 50s. We mm-hmm. had not yet matured. And so what we could talk about, well, the most salacious thing is who's hooking up with who at the prom. And so that was the topic <laughs> of so many of the 80s films. Right. So we think of prom, we think of the 80s proms, I think. That's right. my supposition. I think that's right on. Yeah. Because you provide a perfect segue. I've got a list here of seven 1980s films in that, that feature proms. Oh. Uh, there's probably really? others. That's why I didn't use, that's why I referred to mm-hmm. two that didn't have proms, so I didn't blow mm-hmm. your yes, cover. John, I don't want to use right. any of your. 
It was just a warm up. Just a warm up to yeah. the other ones. Yeah. John and I are, I'm with you. I'm with you. John Some and I are like, co brother. This is how we're connected up on a spectral plane, a Phil spectral plane. You are. You uh, guys had something happen last week, right? right. What was um, I don't know. The, uh, oh, we were just making fun of you. Yeah. We, 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 we bonded well, over that. Besides that. Uh, so beginning with 1980s Prom Night, which is probably the most different of the prom films that I have on this list because it's a horror film. Horror film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where uh, mm-hmm. you've got Jamie Lee Curtis uh, trying to survive a Prom Night as a killer. Mm. I won't spoil it for mm. you. A killer is trying to okay. stab teens at a prom. In fact, at one point, a severed head even rolls onto the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Teen Wolf. Uh, in 1985. Yeah. And by the way, a number of these films, they do not call what we would think of a prom as a prom. It's a spring dance. It's it's something else. Okay. And I th- I'm guessing maybe that's because for international appeal, because even though we would regard it as a prom, it's a big dance, a formal dance. Uh, yeah. Other countries don't call them proms. They call them balls or formals or sure. something else. Mm. Maybe is prom why. short for something? Promenade. Promenade. Thinking, yeah, it must is be it? promenade, yeah, right? Promenade. That I didn't be, know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out there and prance around and show your fancy dresses. Okay. Yeah. Swing your but, uh, partner. That sounds very Victorian. And Teen Wolf, if you recall, if you recall Scott uh, shows up in full wolf. He's wolfed out mm-hmm. and is like a white suit. And uh, he winds up, uh, you know, there inventing some type of a wolf dance. And everybody starts joining in by the uh, end of it. I really appreciated the tufts of hair coming out of his sleeves. Yes. It was a nice touch. Oh, that, that was, was a nice pretty touch. good, yeah. Of course, uh, Michael J. Fox also stars in Back to the Future, which another mm-hmm. prominent and important mm-hmm. prom. Enchantment Under the Sea, a very specific prom. Yes. Ooh, Again, yeah, yeah not nice. called prom, called the Enchantment Under the Sea, which- Enchantment Under the Sea what dance. What does that even right. mean? Does uh, that have to do with the specters in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the enchanted are under the sea. <laughs> Enchantment. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, Marty, uh, right, he, he, he helps with the band. He invents rock and roll. He gets his parents mm-hmm. to hook up. <laughs> you know, like a prom. Yeah, like a prom. Footloose, of course, ends with a big prom. Uh, and even though it's illegal, somehow they whip a prom up together real fast there. That was, yeah. Dancing is illegal there. <laughs> I was curious. Pretty in Pink, uh, again, culminates mm-hmm. in a prom. Of course, uh, you know, is this the scene that they reshot where Blaine gets the girl instead of Ducky? And completely screwing right. up the movie. <laughs> Who wants Blaine in a wig? He's kind of, a, I think he's not, I have picked Ducky. Yeah. Blaine in a wig. <laughs> uh, just one of the guys. Do you remember Just mm-hmm. One of the Guys? Oh, yes. pivotal mm-hmm. moment at the prom where, Ultimately, Joyce Heiser's character, you know, she's impersonating a man, a male character in high school this whole time. Uh, she finally reveals, uh, it, coming right, it's part of the prom, you know, they, there's this fight between uh, Billy Zapka's character and the guy that she likes. And mm-hmm. anyway, to prove that she's a woman, at this moment, she opens up her tux shirt and shows her, her naked boom ba booms boom ba ba boom ba ba mouse. mouse. Anyway, uh, and then uh, finally the, on this list here, my short list here is Can't Buy Me Love, another film where, you know, culminates in this moment where the uh, lead character mm. creates a dance that has everybody following. Are on. you saying Carrie is not on your list? Is that what you're telling well, me? Well, it's 1978 oh, or 70. Yeah, Car- I mean, Carrie, of course. <gasps> of course. Ragged it was itch. definitely a prom yeah, there. It'd have to be on there, yeah. Disastrous yeah. prom, yeah. yeah. Same vibe. Yeah. But yeah, 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 right. That would have made a mess on Michael J. Fox's White Werewolf's Oh, coat. man. White oh. tux? Oh my oh. goodness. Terrible. Yikes. Well, in all these films, they've got, you know, and I, I found MTV created somewhat of a list that I modified somewhat. There's tropes of these prom films that in a prom, and it seems like a lot of these films end in a prom or, or, or it's toward the end of the climax mm-hmm, of a film mm-hmm. is in a prom. There's so much mm. dramatic weight put on a prom 
And as a result, a number of things often happen in these films during the prompts. Character revelations. Mm-hmm. Often you find out something about the lead character or the lead a character makes a discovery about you know himself or herself or mm-hmm. or, or they're tr- you know transformed or there's a metamorphosis that happens there where they go from the nerd mm-hmm. to the cool guy. You know, like in Camp on Me Love <laughs> by inventing the, the dance, the alien mm-hmm. African right. anime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, music plays a pivotal part. And interestingly, mm-hmm. in these prom scenes, the mu- music is, the, the scene is scored diegetically, meaning that the music that we hear that scores the mm-hmm. scene, it really mm-hmm. exists to the characters in the film. Sure. It's part okay. of their okay. real world. I didn't know that term, but yes, I get it. So it's not Danny Elfman's score. It's mm-hmm. Oingo Boingo playing on the radio in the actual. Mm-hmm. Diegetically. It's a new one. You learn something new every day. There you go. Um, dancing we mentioned two films there where the character dancing is important now either you've got a character it was the 1980s so it was an opportunity for them to show off the one guy in school who knew how to break dance or surprises that the lead character he would never suspect was an amazing dancer thanks to his body doubles looking at you Kevin Bacon for some reason at proms in the 1980s I don't know if this is true the only the only time anyone ever served punch in a bowl was it a prom in a 1980s movie? I mean- So you could spike it. Yes. I mean- Right. What? High school administrator- Right. Your goofball buddy has a flask yes. in his tux yes. and he's like, dude, clink, 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 spiked it. Yeah. It's filled with Robitussin or something. Yeah. And it's somehow sufficient to get everybody hammered. Oh, yeah. Whatever he brought in his jacket. Yes. And whatever results from those drunk folks plays a role in it. Some mm-hmm. revelation, Certainly. playing back to the revelations or, you know, whatever. Something. <laughs> and then finally, often there's a dramatic showdown, right? Oh. Friends realize they've been jerks all, all along and finally mm-hmm. apologize at the prom. Uh, mm-hmm. The geek gets mm-hmm. the girl. The bully loses the girl. Sometimes the bully gets punched by the geek, who's now the super cool jock of the school, and so on and so forth. You know, all those impractical things that didn't happen in real life. It didn't really happen. <laughs> John is just laying down segue after segue. I love this. This is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so for some reason, I suppose, you know, these proms in the 1980s films and since, of course, played these such an important role where, you know, this heightened realism where often the climax of the film, to John's point, I don't remember my prom being, Mm -hmm. any any of the proms I went to being so dramatic. Nope. Mine were not dramatic. Okay. (laughs) Nothing, no big deal happened, except I think everybody got in trouble after the senior prom or making a mess. Somebody made a mess somewhere in one of the bathrooms. Oh, that kind of mess? I, a biological yeah. mess? I think so. Oh my gosh. I think so. Or was it like a crepe paper accident in there? Like what kind of thing mm-hmm. are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was significant for me. Both my proms were significant mm. for me personally yeah. because it was sort of inevitable that I would go to the prom because I okay. came from a photography family oh. who did all the pictures at the prom. <laughs> okay. My aunt and uncle, like that was, it was prom season and it was, and that's what they did. And, and there was sort of no question. Well, of course everybody goes to the prom yep. and I had friends who were going, like it didn't, I didn't think to myself, do I go or not? It mm, was, okay. you go to the prom and I'm not even sure if any of my classmates didn't go, but one thing I did do was I took matters into my own hands and okay. I, I, I knew who I wanted to go with. It was right. the person oh. I had a crush on at the time for both okay. of them. Yeah. And I asked them. Get it, Kat. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Was this the serpentine guy? No. 
Oh, no. Actually, one, my junior prom uh, date was kind of like Captain America. Wow. The skinny version or like after the <laughs> skinny. injection? Skinny. Yeah, skinny version. Resource for super serum? <laughs> it was pre- Yes. She could see pre- the potential in them. I know, right. I did. I did. Get a little um, serum in you. Yeah. It'll be hot. Drink this punch. Yeah. I spiked it with serum. <laughs> be, be, be careful. It's going to make you shit your pants later. <laughs> you're going to lose. Or now. You're, you're going to become incontinent. It's one story. It's all one story. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> and he didn't go to my school. I'm just going to keep talking. He yeah, didn't go please. to didn't go school. school. I worked with him. Oh, okay. We worked in an ice cream parlor together. Oh, and, He was the hot um, plumber. <laughs> this is very... <laughs> it's come full circle. The end. Bye. The end of the show. When that happens, the show has to end. Oh, right. I have the money to pay you. Will you take me to prom? I now picture Cat in one of those Scoops Ahoy costumes or uniforms, right? Like in Stranger Things with the striped little hat. We just had no hats. No we uniform? apron. Okay. We, we had to wear a little, a little apron. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I had a crush on him and I'm like, I mm-hmm. want him to be my date. And yeah. I asked him and he said yes. And um, awesome. he was a kind of a popular person. Like I was amazed that he said yes, but I wasn't waiting around like I wasn't wondering oh who's gonna ask me I just sort of you know like decided who I wanted and the same thing happened the next year I had mm-hmm. a, it was someone that I had a crush on actually since fifth grade <laughs> it was wow. on and off but he didn't go to my high school anymore okay. he, he went elsewhere but I still I decided I want to bring him to the prom <laughs> yeah. and um but I think my original point was the prom ended up being, I didn't, it didn't start out this way, but it ended up being a um, kind of a catalyst or a, like a rite of passage mm-hmm. for me, um, like a milestone because I gained self-confidence wow. through, oh, no. through this okay. process. And also significant, the first time I can remember feeling comfortable dancing freely mm-hmm. was at mm. my junior prom. Very cool. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And mm. before that, like I, I never went to the semi-formals. Yeah. I never went to the, I, I will know. I shouldn't say I didn't go. I went, but I was always taking pictures. Like with my aunt and uncle, I would take, they would be doing pictures and I would do candid pictures. Like they, they would do, you know, they would do the formal ones. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was on the fringe. I was just around right. and hiding behind the camera. And then, so that this was a big deal for me. This is a Excellent. 1980s movie. What Kat just said out, right? Mm-hmm. Earlier right. in the film, she's helping with the prom. She's not, yep. she right. disappears yeah. into the background. Then she right. finds the courage to ask the the hot Captain America dude. And she's <laughs> scoping out the guy from across town that doesn't even go to this school. Right. <laughs> Scores him, gets him to take her. Actually, I really, I Dances did. her heart out. That raises Roll yeah. credits. What, what, what was wrong with the guys in your school? Not good enough. There was nothing wrong. I just, they weren't, no one Who uh, I had my eyes on, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and nothing happened from this. The heart yeah. wants what the heart wants. Yeah. What? And, and it was it. They were just my date. Okay. That was it. Nothing, nothing much nothing to followed. my dismay. Gotcha. <laughs> much yeah. to my dismay. Yeah. Nothing happened. Uh, yeah. So when you went to your proms, was it a big, uh, you went with other couples, you get a limo. What's it like where yeah. you grew up? Yeah. Senior year was, there was a limo situation with uh, two or three other couples but junior year, there was no limo. He came mm. and picked me up 
Oh. And and we went together and we hung out with some people afterwards. We, there was a socializing with friends. Okay. Um, was it the whole thing with the, the corsage and the. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a boutonniere. To meet the corsage. parents and the photo shoot with the parents because right. of how pretty you look and all that. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it was, that oh, my was little a, girl cat so good. <laughs> I don't think anybody said that about me. Junior year, did. there was less of that, the fussing, but senior year was a bigger. Thing. There were more photos and, and yeah. John, did you go to a prom or something like it? Whatever the equivalent was in your area? Yeah. So I didn't go to my proms. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I've, I've been to prom. I didn't okay. go to my proms. Yeah. So in, in my circle of friends, uh, we were all the nerdy band geeks and mm-hmm. prom just wasn't on our radar. It was a thing the jocks did kind of in, in my school. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I never felt inclined. I didn't feel like I was missing out and there wasn't any sense of like, oh, you missed the prom. I'm like, well, you know, wait, they were wait. all in school the next day and they don't see me different. And we're, yeah, we're right. right back in right. school. Yeah. But the young lady I was dating mm-hmm. uh, when I graduated, she had her senior prom and had never been to prom. And she said, well, we're dating. Would you take me to prom? And I said, sure. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I guess I'm 20 and she's 18 or I'm 19, whatever. She's one year younger than me, but I'm out of mm-hmm. school. The shortest part of the story is the prom itself. It was dark. It was loud. <laughs> it was not interesting. And the dance floor was empty. It oh. was it was just the most really? morose, garbagey. Wow. There were balloons everywhere, but they didn't float. They were just on the ground. Balloons <gasps> just, they blew them up with their breath. You know, it was not, oh, not any nothing fancy. <laughs> but we had made this plan, right? So we're living in central Florida. And I said, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, uh, I'll take you to prom. We'll, we'll go to a nice dinner. Then we'll go to prom. And then we'll drive down to Melbourne. Uh, it's about three hours south of Central mm-hmm. Florida, two and a half, three hours. Uh, we'll get a hotel there. We'll spend the weekend there. Oh. Um, we'll just have a nice, you know, have a nice, have, make a weekend of it, not just the thing. Wow. And so we went to the prom and it was boring and we still had to drive to Melbourne. So probably by about 10 or so, mm-hmm. you know, we said, we got to get on the road. It's going to be after midnight when we get down there. But I still, she still had her dress on and I still had my tux on. Yeah. And we got to our hotel where I had made reservations in Melbourne and I drove down from, you know, many hours away. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the most horrible situation where it was a good rule. I understand it was a good rule, uh-huh. but the gentleman working the front desk of the hotel yeah. who spoke very little English, but spoke two words very well, saw oh. how we were dressed. Yeah. And I said, I'm here to check in. No prom. Uh. No prom. <gasps> I'm like, no, no, no. No, we're not even from here. We drove from this. No prom. No prom. So here we are in Melbourne in our prom clothes. Oh my goodness. Tired, exhausted, nowhere to stay. So we drove all the way back home. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) So it has very little to do with the prom other than being discriminated against because I can see the rule was like, oh, well, they're just leaving the high school and they're driving to the cheap motel and they're doing this. So we're just not going to allow kids to be here at all. Like, no, I'm not even in school. He didn't want to hear it. Nor could he understand me explaining it. So (laughs) So it's because you might be minors because you might be paying by the hour. You might trash the room. Probably all of of the Any number of those things, I'm sure. Any number, right. (laughs) Contributing to the delinquency of horny minors. Any number of things could have been, you know, the reason that they did it, but. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. counting on a hotel room because I wanted to sleep. Yeah. I was just yeah. tired and wanted to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's my girlfriend. I'm like, we're not, we could have done that at home. We're here yeah. to go to Melbourne. <laughs> nope. No problem. Right. right. You know, you mentioned a dance floor was, was empty. Did you, what did you guys have? B- bands, DJs? Was there music? The music was just on loudspeakers. Okay. So it was a, just DJed, I guess, yeah. you know, at Ours the time. Was DJed it was, both. Yeah. So 
I feel that even though I went to prom, I missed out on what is romanticized about proms in mm. these in eighties eighties movies and media and pop culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the one I went to, which at that point would have been eighty eight, so yeah. still well within sure. the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just it was just an auditorium full of tired, sad balloons. Oh wow. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so sad. And the loudspeaker from the, you know, the music room that they use during mm-hmm. band or something. It was just, it was not, there's nothing magical about it. There's nothing cool about it. Yeah. Maybe if I'd been there when it was mine, it would have been different, but I can't imagine. Maybe it's because uh-huh. I grew up in the woods and they didn't have this. Yeah. <laughs> was the prom in the woods? <laughs> in the clearing? No. The, well, well, the town was in the woods-ish. So yes, in, a, in, in as much as that. Did but, you hose down the I dirt mean, floor or dirt road? <laughs> Did uh, this was lack of I do remember this. in the woods. I, I do remember it was in it was in the auditorium, yeah. uh, the basketball courts, right? Yeah. So you couldn't uh-huh. wear dress shoes to your prom. Oh, what? no kidding! Because you yeah. couldn't have anything other than sneakers on the floor, right. and so everybody was faking how to do like street shoes, right? To make faking how to do sneakers as street shoes, <laughs> like duct you know, tape they, they put, on them or something. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Duct tape, or they would do just you know like black uppers or something, and they would uh-huh. they would paint their tennis shoes black so they would fit yeah, with their black shoe It was crazy, but there's that kind of like limitations wow. on it. It was just like that, you're not really having a problem. That does are you? sound like Florida. That's, you're right. That's like curious. That. <laughs> Very curious. Yep. Are the both the proms I went to mm-hmm. were were elsewhere? They weren't on school grounds. It was yeah. at yeah. Uh, mm. like a banquet hall. Right. One was at a banquet hall. One was at a hotel. Oh, we couldn't. So that. that probably added to the magic. <laughs> you what? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was probably part of the magic, I guess. Is we weren't in Maybe. the gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same magic when you're a band nerd and you. Mm. You go to an away game, but you rent a Greyhound instead of a school bus. Uh-huh. Like, whoa! Right. <laughs> it's like flying first class. Like, these seats aren't even made of vinyl. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> My knees don't touch the seat in front of me. <laughs> it's not made by Bluebird. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have a stop sign on an arm outside when I pull up at the school. <laughs> uh, are either of you guys in touch with the folks you went to prom with? Still friends on Facebook or something like that? Yeah, you barely on Facebook, yes, but barely, yeah, really, barely, yeah. At Will, what about you? What's your problem? Yeah, experience? Uh, so uh, I went to an all uh, boys high school uh, mm-hmm. in Jersey City, New Jersey. Okay. There, I did not go to junior prom, like much like you're saying, John. Mm-hmm. I just had other interests, and I didn't see what the med, you know, what, what was so special mm-hmm. about it. But uh, mm-hmm. by senior year, and maybe even started in, in junior year, I started dating uh, a girl who would. Uh, become my first like real serious relationship. I think we were wound up dating for almost five years. Wow. And we did go to uh, our senior proms, each other's senior proms. And, um, did she go to an all girls school? No, she went to, no, she was some towns over standard high school. She went to a regular high school Mm -hmm. there, but uh, we met because, um, she was uh, just, I mean, uh, it's something because her, her, she probably had to travel by a couple of buses to get to our school, but we, we had mm. uh, plays and we needed girls. We weren't like Elizabethan times where the men dressed as women to play the <laughs> female part. Right. So we would just put right. casting notices out and girls from mm-hmm. different schools, including some of the all girls schools, some of the you know school public schools mm-hmm. would come. And she came nice. from a couple of cities over and we wound up being in a play together. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how we met. But um, cool. yeah, of course we played romantic interest in that play. So of course we wound up dating. Mm-hmm. Naturally, maps. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we went to um, each other's proms and I, I don't know. I, I, like you said, John, I guess maybe by then I felt different about it. Maybe because I had a girlfriend and it mm. seemed like it had the more possibility of being romantic and sort of playing adult at the time, you know, because you do get to get dressed mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. ours was like yours, cats. Well, I remember it costing uh, 
it seemed like a fortune at the time, but now looking oh, back, we it paid. probably was a yeah. small pittance. But yeah. I think it was right, a couple right, hundred yeah. dollars to go. Oh, but I think that was with limo. I think that was rent. Was it one seventy five? For a ticket. No, just like $75. Oh, 75. Like, okay. But we rented a limo ticket. and. But the limos. Yeah. 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 But, uh, and I, I'll probably get some of these. package. <laughs> yeah. And I'll probably get some of these, these two proms mixed, confabulated a little bit, but um, uh-huh. they were outside of the school. They were at some banquet hall, like you said, Kat, you know, where they served dinner at table. It was like a wedding, you know, in that sense it was oh, yeah. dinner yeah. was served a buffet style or something like that. And then ultimately yeah. there was music yeah. playing and dancing. Uh, we didn't have food at our prom. The, the one yeah. that I went to, it John. was just like the, the, the chips and punch. That was it. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. It was, it was uh, just snacks. We yeah. got, okay. Oh, now, John, you don't have any interest in going into prom. Well, I feel like we got to get a problem for John. <laughs> we we, we can to, leave. Or, yeah, or we got to pull this whatever, together but. so so John can have a magical enchantment. Yeah, not in the woods. <laughs> oh my! God. Is there something I missed? Like, I, hmm. no, I don't feel that I missed out on yeah, anything. Like, no. I didn't go because I didn't go because I couldn't go. I yeah. went because I wasn't interested in going. No. And then in hindsight, I wasn't like, oh, I really missed out. I never felt that way. Yeah, um, well, because no. I didn't into dancing. I didn't have a circle of friends who also went and they weren't talking about it. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't right. like I felt left out of anything. The people who went to prom were not the people who were talking to me anyway. So I yeah. didn't miss out on the conversation. You didn't miss anything. That's true. Yeah. My circle of friends was kind of like that too. It was it's mm. interesting. I was thinking yeah. about this earlier today. This one of the prom, our, my prom from my school, I wound up going with these two guys, Julio and mm-hmm. Manny that, uh, and these are two guys that I would have lunch with fairly regularly, but I don't know that, I don't know how we became friends. I don't remember us being in classes together, but somehow we became good friends and lunchtime buddies. And we would sneak off of campus to go to a McDonald's that was a few miles away when we had, when I had my driver's license eventually. We went to the prom together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think probably any of us individually might not have been highly motivated, but together we were like, yeah, this will be Mm -hmm. cool to do. We were, you know. You you were a squad. You had an entourage that you could roll in with. Yeah. Yeah. Group effect. So a lot of being kind of, you know, I don't know, fun in that way. We had, we were dating. I think we were all dating somebody at the time, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's exactly it. Well, I think if other people in my friend group were excited, I might, I might've been infected by that anticipation of going. Yeah. But no one, you know, you don't like, so you go into prom and like, you know, it was that kind of attitude. So I'm like, oh, I clearly something I don't need to be interested in. Yeah. But y- you kind of had that, you had that squad <laughs> because, effect because yeah. other people, right. yeah, you went with. Yeah. yeah John, it must have been passed down the, the grapevine of how stinky you're from. Like it's in the gym. You can't you wear don't big go there. shoes. Yeah. There's no food. There's Nobody no dances. food for crying out loud. You eat more balloons. food at lunch in the cafeteria than you're going to eat tonight at prom. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely remember we went out first. Yeah. Uh, because many people did like, like yeah. Olive well, Garden yeah. is wall to wall on prom night. Yeah. I tell you, in wow. Florida, absolutely. That that's uptown if going to yeah. Olive Garden. Oh yeah. And everybody in their, their dresses and their tuxes are sitting there getting the breadsticks and salad mm-hmm. it's every time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we did, we didn't go out before, but after one of the proms, because of, you know, it was probably my prom because again, I grew up in Jersey city, right on the Hudson river across from Manhattan. And so I think the banquet, we probably, the prom was held at a banquet hall in Jersey city. Sure. Um, yeah. And after the prom, getting in the limo it was a situation where the limo driver was like, hey, you guys want to go to New York, you know, which was literally <laughs> a five minute ride through the tunnel that was right mm-hmm. there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we go there and it's like, hey, you guys want to go to a dance club or a comedy club? So we wound up going to Dangerfields, which was Rodney Dangerfields comedy oh, club at yeah. the time. And Aww. speaking to Dan Pasternak, you know, some time ago, who knows, he knows everybody. 
apparently. Uh-huh. He's a great guy. But he was, and he's friends with Paul Provenza, the Provenza, the comedian. He said, if I probably saw Paul perform there because Paul would always lament about later years about how he had to perform for all these prom crowds because the limos would get, the limo drivers would get kickback for bringing oh people to these clubs. Oh, you know? but bringing them in. And oh I don't think gosh. any of us was technically old enough to get in there, but it was in the 80s. Right. And so nobody but cared hey. or whatever. We could drink. I, I didn't drink. And my girlfriend didn't mm. drink, so it didn't matter. But That goes directly back to what we're talking about with intent, right? That yeah. In yeah. the 80s, it wasn't, they were not contributing to the delinquency of minors. They were getting some new clientele, yeah. <laughs> right? They weren't being nefarious. They weren't being sneaky. They weren't trying to get you hooked on something other than comedy yeah. and spending money, you know? So yeah, I don't, I don't look at that as like, you did what with kids? No, yeah. you would let these 18 year olds into a club. It was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember Kat too. You said something, you said about dancing openly for the first time. And I think I did that too for me at a really? prom because- most, you know, high school dances, I would DJ at a lot of the dances. Yes. And, yes. I, I, and I, I told you guys before, like I would break dance as a young person, but I would never feel comfortable just dancing like, you know, non-break dancing mm-hmm. or not slow dancing. Right. I, except at home, I would practice doing things because I felt oh, motivated yeah. to dance. I just didn't feel comfortable sure. doing it. But I remember dancing at one of these proms. It must have been mine again, because I remember this. Yeah, it was mine. Cause I remember the, the gal who said this to me, it was a friend of mine. She was with one yeah. of my friends as a D she looked at me while I said, she, you dance. Uh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. And now I dance. Now I dance. That's a, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's me. It's, it's on my resume. Skill I unlocked. Now. Yes. I, I mentioned one time on one episode about, um, I went to dance school yeah. or dance classes and that was fine. I could follow the moves. You know, I was yeah. taught up on stage, but I felt kind of paralyzed in a, like at the eighth grade dance. I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with, yeah. <laughs> with myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it took a long time for yeah. me to just yeah. be able to go with it. Yeah. We've talked about this and you know, all of us mm-hmm. have done at that age had been performing in public, you know, playing an instrument mm-hmm. or dancing or acting, yeah. but it's interesting yeah. how feeling comfortable doing one thing on stage doesn't translate to everything, mm-hmm. every aspect no. of your life. You can be an introvert. <laughs> but all those other and, things. Yeah. Structured performance is one thing. Yeah. Yes. There's the solo improv, improvisational performance. That's something entirely different. Yeah. That's yes. you, you, that's identified with you. If I'm performing in a group, well, it's the, the band. It's not just me, you know? Yeah. So you can hide, you can hide in that crowd and yes. you can't really do that with dancing unless it's packed. And as I told you, the problem I went to, yeah. not <laughs> You'd be the only one out there. <laughs> you just be out there kicking balloons. That's all you'd be doing. Uh, John, that's what I was Kicking doing. balloons. <laughs> the mom kicking problem. balloons. Like, because yeah. nobody was dancing at first and I really, yeah. really, really wanted to dance. But that old self-consciousness was, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to chase it away. So I just kind of like bopped on the edges yeah. of the room and kicked some balloons. balloons. Just stylishly, <laughs> like there's a little kick with flair. Oh, there's another balloon <laughs> kick with flair. Now I'm dancing. On the beat, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yes. Kick balloons on the upbeat, on the upbeat, two and four. I remember my, <laughs> my, my girlfriend, when we went to her prom, uh, she had a best friend. I wish I could remember her friend's name because I, she had a best friend who twice mm-hmm. uh, we tried to set up with one of my good friends Oh, and neither time worked out. One time was pre-prom, I think. So it was just like a double date and that didn't work out. So when prom rolled around and she needed a date, I didn't go back to this friend. Instead, I went to my friend Dominic, who I've talked about before. Oh, yes. Dominic was a man come eighth grade. He was already a man. Eighth grade. So by high school, he was definitely a man. Oh, boy. But when we went to prom, I wish I remember. I want to meet this guy. Oh, he's a character. I love this guy. Um, Mm -hmm. So Dominic goes, you know, to the prom with me and my girlfriend. And Uh 
By the time the end of the prom, he leaves with somebody else. <laughs> wow, what he a He leaves dog. with the girl he met at the prom. So what some girl dog. at the prom ditched her oh date gosh. for Dominic, and he ditched this. Uh, so the, when oh. we went, when we rode home on the limo ride, it was just the three of us, my girlfriend and me and her best Somebody friend. brought a knife to a gunfight. I didn't know Dominic was going to be oh, here. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm way outclassed. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, I felt so bad. Did you have words with Dominic? <laughs> no. I was the no. high fives. <laughs> Way no, to go, probably, dude. I don't know, I probably was upset with him at the time. I probably was. So Kat, you said you were gonna you said you're gonna share some prom pictures with us, right? Maybe we can expect to see those if you can I I yeah, I will share them with you. I just didn't get to dig them no, up. No, no, right, right now. I just meant for the you know, oh, we could share them on oh, Facebook yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh sure, I will. I'll see if I have a the prom picture. Oh, see if I can find okay. the prom picture. Awesome. I was thinking about this too. My mom has my a lot of pictures from high school, including my prom pictures. Mm. And I'll be honest with you guys. And mm. right now I feel like automatically, cause we're talking in a public forum like this, there's yeah. something about me that's being protective of me, but I know seeing those mm. pictures and I imagined telling you these stories was going to be very upsetting to me and emotional. Oh, wow. Because uh -huh. this, 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 the girl that I dated at the time, how things mm -hmm. ended was never resolved. I've told you about this before. Mm -hmm. You did. And yes, I'm just, yeah. I've, I've just learned this recently. Yes. I've realized this recently because mm -hmm. I had this epiphany. Ooh. Ooh. Because we went from dating for so long and seeming like, mm -hmm. and believing we're going to get married. I mean, this is just, it was a very mature relationship for, you know, late teens, early twenties. Mm -hmm. There was no reason mm -hmm. to think otherwise that we went on sure. this little break <laughs> uh, that she requested. She requested it's her yes. idea. It always is. And then I think, we were both, we were both expecting, and I certainly was, that we'll get back together again. Right. That when we then just sort of went our separate ways and never mm -hmm. did, I never mm -hmm. let myself grieve over the fact that she effectively dumped me for a period. Let's just, I'm going to just dump you for a period. You know what I mean? That's what this sure. break is. Sure. Um, and mm -hmm. I think because I didn't do that, there's a part of me mm -hmm. that's still in that, we're still going to get married, be together. Not, you know, mm -hmm. this is not to say that I feel like I should be with her. Of course not. But the feeling, but there's are, that, yeah. yeah, stored in my memory yeah. bank is that continuing oh, yeah. relationship mm -hmm. that I never let die. I killed it off because I was pissed at the time. <laughs> right. If you want to see other people, well, that's fucking not actually acted very mature about it. Like, well, that's human nature. Yeah. We're going to be together. It's fine. But I never let myself mm -hmm. get overly sad and cry. It's, and, you know, it's not quite unrequited love, but it's, mm -hmm. it, it's certainly something that did not have a finality to it. Right? Yeah. It's, almost, it's almost like a, Mm -hmm. It's almost Closure. like a disappearance versus a death, right? You're like, yeah. if you lost someone, but are they really gone? It, we haven't, yeah. you know, nobody found a body. And it's one yeah. of those kind of things where you <laughs> know, people say they mystery. want closure if, yeah. if, if they yeah. lose a loved one, right? Yeah. It's that kind of no thing. Closure. There's no closure to your relationship, right? Yeah. They yeah. ne never found a body, just went missing. Like it was, it just, yeah. and everybody wanted you to act normally, even though you're dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I forced myself to act normally because yeah. I was going to be above it. But anyway, so yeah, even I don't know that I could look at my prom picture, honestly. I think it would be upsetting. I think it would be upsetting. <laughs> I think you could look at it. I don't think so. I well, think maybe. Again, because there's a part of me connected to that time when things mm -hmm. were fine and believing they were going to continue fine. Mm. Maybe you need it's to weird. look at it, though. Maybe it's wow. part of the process. You need to burn it. Oh, no, that's okay. No, that's <laughs> And I told you, I reached out to her and I said, I'm sorry for my part. And, and she said, you're forgiven. She didn't say she was sorry for anything. Ooh, and that was it. She started it. All that does is tell you about her. Mm -hmm. All it does. Anyway, so I'm actively looking for a therapist now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that was something. I don't know. I'll go so far as to say it was a show. I did an ugly cry, so we'll say it was a show. <laughs> Which I thought I had the potential to do. Thank you. All right. There you go. Yet. Yes. Yes. Um, 
our <laughs> our show is brought to you every week thanks in part to our early adopters like Kathy Burke, Rick Parker, yep. and Karen Flieger. Thank and thanks especially to our Secret of Our Success Level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Marcus yep. Taylor, Tony yep. Great, Brad Great. Bowman, and nice. Nick Guillory. Hey, and if you could support us, you should uh, check out 1980snow.com slash support for many of the ways that are mostly free ways you can help uh, us out, but certainly mm-hmm. ways you can chuck us a buck or two or five or ten, including just uh, making a comment, sharing a thought like these. Mm. With regard to our episode today, we asked for some of your thoughts, feelings with regard to prom. Turns out, I think a whole Ooh. lot of people didn't go to proms. Oh, uh, let's hear it. With, along those lines and sort of along what John was saying, Miss So writes, never got the chance to go or homecoming either. I was too much of an introvert and too socially awkward to try and ask anyone to go back then. I had more fun okay. staying home, mm-hmm. reading and playing games. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. You do? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Had I not gone, you I wouldn't do. have felt like I missed anything. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Creates mm-hmm. also commented similarly, nope. My close friends and I spent the night and played D and D. Straight out of the eighties. There you go. Or maybe, maybe yeah. it's that the people went to prom are not on Facebook. Maybe that's what it is. They're too cool for oh. Facebook. They're right. Hey. Just the rest of us. We had lives to lead. We're not D and D nerds. Oh. We're not on Facebook. Yeah. That's why I'm on Facebook, incidentally. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I am not too cool for Facebook. Yes. No. Not, yet. not too cool for not Facebook. Not by a long shot. Fingers crossed. All right, hey, we will talk to you again next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Sayonara. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.